0: Hello, thank you for joining me. You're listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. In this episode, I speak to Bob Gentle. Bob has worked in the field of digital marketing for nearly 20 years. For most of that time, he was running his own consultancy and he also built and ran one of Scotland's largest dedicated digital agencies. Today, he helps digital entrepreneurs and small businesses build an audience online. We talked about how to find your place in the vast world wide web, how to model others to get similar results. And of course, we also talked a lot about content creation. Let's dive right in. Hi, Bob. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this, Stephanie.
0: Excellent. So, Bob, um, as a digital marketeer and consultant, um, there are many people in our audience that are on the coaching and consultancy journey. Um, would you like to tell us how, how your personal journey actually started and where you are today?
1: Yeah, I think the word journey for me is very apt because I've had my eye on where I am right now for a very, very long time. But there always seemed to be something that got in the way of me really moving towards it in a much more conscious way. Um, if if you or I had met five years ago, you would have met somebody that was running, which in my city would have been one of the biggest uh, web agencies. We were predominantly focused on building websites. And I didn't really enjoy it. It was just what I got into because I remember when I first got into business, which was in the very early 2000s, I think it was 2003, 2004, something like that. And I loved the internet. I was very early to the internet and I thought, you know what? I think I've, I might have found my place um, because I was a very early digital native. My My dad is in his seventies. He spent his life as a computer programmer. We um, always had computers in the house and I grew up with them very, very early. So when the internet came along, it's like it was made for me, it was great. And I knew I could serve business owners with this and had the very clear vision of a business, which I'd never had before. I'd never seen myself as a business owner, but when the internet came along, I knew what I wanted to do. But back then, if you'd said to somebody, I want to grow my business online, a website was pretty much all you had. So I got into the website business and that grew and grew and grew, but it also, as it grew, it became a deeper and deeper and deeper rut. Um, Everybody in my city knew me as the web guy. So we were very, very busy, but because my team grew, I had to sell maybe 15, 20,000 pounds worth of website every single month. And that was all on me. I had to go and find that business. Now, alongside this, people were regularly saying, Bob, I've got the website, but what are the other things I should be doing? And as time moved on, lots of other options became available for people. There was social media, there was search, there was personal branding, there's email marketing, there's a dozen, two dozen, three dozen different things that every business owner should be looking at alongside their website. But I didn't have the time to really provide that as a service. Um, And it got to the point where I decided, okay, I'm gonna grow that side of the business. And it blossomed, it did really, really well, but the website side of things was still holding it back like a millstone. Plus it wasn't very profitable. Um, so I decided probably about three years ago now that we were gonna stop websites. But what that suddenly meant was I had a whole lot more time because websites were taking 80% of my time and making 20% of the profit. Oh, wow. So when I decided to stop doing the websites suddenly I could do two key things. I had, come, you'll know this yourself Stephanie, but website design is very competitive and it's really hard to stand out in that space. So I guess the simplest way I would describe it is if you'd met me five years ago and you put me in a room with another web designer and turned off the lights I was the only going to, I was the only guy that was going to come out alive. <laughs> um, I, I was that competitive but when I let the website side of the business go I suddenly found myself not competitive and it was a very interesting place to be because I could suddenly build relationships with all these people that i would spent my life avoiding or grinding my teeth at, as competitors realizing these are the people I have more in common with than anyone else so I started spending a lot of time with them and suddenly I learned so much. Most importantly, I learned the importance of content marketing because the business that I now wanted to grow needed people to know about me. And instead of having to replace all my clients every six months, I just needed to keep the clients I've got because it's entirely service-based. So really that's a bit of a long rambling answer. (laughs) But right now my business is focused on three key areas I help micro businesses and small business owners with their digital marketing Um, I help larger businesses with sort of one-on-one consulting and coaching with a little bit of service thrown in and then I do some corporate consulting around digital marketing Um, sorry that's a very long answer to a very short question
0: no, but it's, it's a very detailed one. And I, like every journey, you have to describe all the different, different sides of it. I love the way you said that, you know, you found your place in the internet. I very much found myself feeling the same when I discovered the internet. I did not grow up with a programmer dad, but I became a programmer myself when I discovered the internet, I taught myself. So I know that feeling of, wow, you know, there's so many people out there and now we can just, you know find them and talk to them and you know there were all these amazing forums in the beginning you also mentioned that you know that something got in the way so you know something got in the way of you maybe being where you want to be where you are today is where you wanted to be Um, but something was getting in your way what was it that was getting in your way
1: that's actually really interesting and for me the more light i shine on that the more i the, the better I do so I would say I'm a very very shy person actually I'm an introvert but I'm a very shy introvert so I find being visible quite personally challenging um, so when I had a large team I was very very self-conscious about what they would think of if I was doing YouTube video or building an expert brand that there was a huge amount of imposter syndrome because um um, yeah i just felt judged by everybody all the time and that really prevented an awful lot of the actions that i knew were the precursors to success of any kind if you're trying to break out of a a local catchment area if you like it's very easy to do local networking because you're doing it in a small room where there's nobody really watching other than the other participants.
0: Yeah. But as
1: soon as you try and go online, there's all kinds of people watching That's and you it. feel judged all the time if you're a sensitive person. Of course. So that, that was a big issue for me. Um, alongside that, content creation in and of itself is a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. So you need to know there's going to be a payoff at the end of it. Um, and spending more time with people that had done it, were doing it, I realized, you know what, they're not amazing, incredible people. They're just taking the action that's required to see success. So you model that, you see success. It's really quite simple. Um, so that's the simple answer. There were lots of, most of it was in my head, almost all of it, to be honest.
0: Interesting. I love the way you said, so you model that. So, um, I know we've talked about this um before before we started recording the podcast and you know modeling modeling others do you feel that's had had an impact on perhaps your clarity and helping you get unstuck and start on that
1: absolutely i think there's two main things have really helped me Um, the first one is looking at other people who are seeing success and then reverse engineering to the extent that you can reverse engineer from what you can see somebody else's actions that's really really helpful Um, any anybody that's talking about peak performance will tell you about there's Todd Herman talks about alter ego yes Um, Tony Robbins talks about modeling all the time anybody that's talking about success psychology will talk about the importance of role models and modeling spending time with people who are doing the things that lead to success. The more you observe what they're doing, the more normalized it becomes, the easier it then is to do. But alongside that, being very self-conscious, having what was at the time teenage sons who liked nothing better than to take a pop at their dad doing something a bit weird.
0: Yeah. And, oh.
1: and, and my wife as well. I was very self-conscious about what they thought but obviously, they've grown up with me in business. They're not—they're—they're they're, they're quite accustomed to me doing quite unusual things. So I started speaking to them about it, saying, "Look, these are the things that if you need to do, if you need to see success online, you need to do. What do you think about that? How would you feel if I was doing that online?" And they said, "Yeah, we would love it. Um, <laughs> in fact, we'd help you." So my son now gets my YouTube videos and my podcast, and my wife is helping with the social media. That's had a tremendous impact on my confidence. Um, So having the family fully on board has made a huge difference.
0: Oh, I really, really get that, actually, because I can see, even for myself, um, I am a bit of an introvert. I wouldn't consider myself shy, actually, probably because uh, there are a lot of introverts in my family, and I'm, I'm not. I'm probably the least shy one. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I think the the fact of wondering what the family is going to think of, and it, it's not a business thing, it's a personal thing, but always wondering maybe what your close friends or what your family is going to think, it, it kind of takes you to a place which is the opposite of support. It's almost, you know, putting an extra weight on you and it's it's really nice that your family's come out of that Um, I think you know when people say that your family's support has a big impact on your success I think this is probably one of the keys where you know your visibility has to be comfortable at least with those people who are closest to you and that takes some inner work and some relationship work I believe
1: yeah absolutely I think it's it's my family was accustomed to my sort of business risk-taking, if you like. Being in business, it's often Mm -hmm. perceived as quite risky. The truth is, an awful lot of people have to get annoyed with me before I get fired. So I don't feel like I'm at risk. But other people perceive business ownership as risky. And your family's no different because they have no control over your business. They have probably even less control when you're in an employed situation. But still, they feel vulnerable. So having them on board is important, but they were always accustomed to that. It was, for them, I think, more, they they needed to be on board because their peers were gonna see it. Now, for me, this was the hardest part because I remember yeah. sitting in a mastermind, um, and my everyone had to come to this mastermind with a question and my bigger question was how can i integrate my business and my leisure because i'm also quite well known in the snow sports world in the uk because i've worked as uh sort of on the side in that space for a long time
0: okay
1: as a a kind of what you call it's not quite volunteer but it's the snow sports industry is driven by people who are passionate about it and i've been heavily involved in that
0: okay
1: um so i have that community and then i have the business community and then i have friends how can i integrate these things do i need three instagram profiles for example oh. and i was told no you just need to bring your whole self to this and i had never at that point even taken a selfie let alone a youtube video so that understanding it if people don't like it then they're not my friend. Then they're not supportive. Then they actually don't matter. So just go for it. And that really, really helped.
0: Yeah, that sounds bring your whole self to it. That's totally true. And I think it really goes hand in hand with a word that I don't really like very much because you hear a lot, you know, being authentic. But I think that's what a lot of people mean when they say be authentic, be a real self, bring everything you are to it. And then you will have to worry so much less because, you know, I think, Um, especially looking at perhaps uh, the things my husband used to say about my videos in the beginning, when I started going, you know, I think they're more concerned about what you're not saying than what you are saying, as in what you're leaving out, as in there's so much more to you. And, you know, you're kind of giving people um, a 2d version of you, like a flat version of you in business. But, you know, we start slowly and then we start opening up. And I think that's the natural way to do it. Yeah. So I'm quite interested in something you said before because it reminds me of something I say a lot in different words and that is, um, you know, when you're doing your digital marketing, you want to make sure that there's going to be a payoff uh, because it takes effort to create content marketing. Now, of course, this has kind of two sides because we've been talking about modeling somebody else and making sure that sort of your strategy is going to get you results. And sometimes modeling others is, I mean, I feel that modeling others very often is not a recipe for success, unless of course you have trained and you know enough about the strategy side to adapt it to yourself. So what's, what's your take on that?
1: Well, when I talk about modeling someone else, I'm talking about one narrow slice of okay. your, your online presence. For me, that was the most challenging part because Mm -hmm. I needed to show up online as a person. That's really all I'm speaking about in terms of modeling. I'm not talking about reverse engineering somebody's funnel or their content strategy. It's simply how people show up on video or in images or within their content as an individual, as a person, as a personality, as a personal brand, I guess. Um, Because a lot of people, especially if they're introverts or they're quite shy, that's the hardest part. Let's just assume that's taken care of. I agree with you wholeheartedly, trying to reverse engineer somebody's business system from the visible elements of it is a recipe for disaster and disappointment, yeah. um, because it just won't work. There's so many aspects that you can see. Um, that's right. But it just doesn't make any sense. Um. I forgot what the question was.
0: But no, it it was about sort of modeling. And, you know, like you said, other people's strategy is the tip of the iceberg. So it's not a good idea to try and reverse engineer the strategy. It's good to sort of learn your own strategy. But I like the fact that you said that you go deep in on modeling a particular part of the strategy. Like, for instance, um, I believe videos or your podcasts, it helps you approach that micro part uh, of the strategy maybe in a more confident way um, how, how did you do it?
1: I think with the podcast I because I, I was a consistent listener of one podcast I really mm-hmm. liked the format of that podcast it wasn't sort of rocket science but it was a very simple framework to follow so when I came to do my podcast I was quite insecure about it very nervous but mm-hmm. I knew I liked that format it was popular it was listen- li- it was listenable Um, and I knew exactly the moving parts that were required to do that and it allowed me to be consistent. So I have an interview-based podcast, it's always an interview, there's no solo stuff. I experimented with solo for a while but I just found it wasn't my jam, it wasn't really what the listener was looking for either. So I have a straightforward interview podcast. I don't have set questions, I'm quite a natural conversationalist. I'm quite happy Mm -hmm. having a one-to-one and taking a conversation on a specific trajectory. So that was easy enough for me. Um, when it comes to YouTube videos, my YouTube is, we'll go under the veneer of a, under the veneer of a, a very specific element of the digital marketing mix every single week. It'll always be different, but I'm never trying to solve everybody's problems in one video. Um, It's. I think for me the modeling element is really based on the personal brand side of things in terms of strategy I am very strategically focused so I have my own digital marketing framework that's universal I can apply it to any business Mm -hmm. Um, every business's instance of that framework will be slightly different and that's where I come in to help them define that so in that sense, I'm not modelling at a strategic level. It's mm-hmm. purely where do I find things personally challenging? Who's already doing that, and what can I learn from them?
0: Excellent. Does that Those make are some sense? yes. I mean, great questions to to actually keep hold of because sometimes we get we get stuck and we're like, okay, who's doing this? Who's doing it well? Who's doing it in a way that fits my personal brand? And then you can start maybe getting unstuck on the little things, because very often, you know, we're we're great at creating the the bigger picture, because you can sit with a strategist, or, you know, you can find uh, a book or a blueprint and, and get information about that. But then when it comes to implementing the little things, that's where we really get stuck.
1: I think a great example for me right now, which is a very live issue for me, is I'm quite comfortable with youtube video i'm very comfortable with podcast i'm quite comfortable with instagram tv i'm quite comfortable with um selfies and instagram stories for mm-hmm. some reason in my head i'm not quite very comfortable with showing up on video in instagram stories i find that really weird so the next thing is well if i have a mental block there i need to look at who's doing that well who's doing that naturally watch them become accustomed to it try yeah I could do that experiment with it use them as a role model and I know as soon as I start moving everything will be released I won't need that anymore I'll move on from there so that's it's that simple
0: yeah yeah it's a great strategy it's I I really like that actually I love that because by watching it it's like it's it's going into your subconscious as you know this is something people do this is something I can do I like that I really like that
1: what's really really interesting for me as well is this probably has been the biggest thing for me in the last five years if i'm honest is working Mm -hmm. with my membership and but also my more importantly the group coaching people that i work with they hold up such a mirror to me if i they expect me to walk the walk so it's very easy as business owners to say you know what i don't find that comfortable i don't have the time i've got other things to worry about but when you have a group of Twenty people all pointing the finger, saying, "You're telling us to do this. We expect you to do it." That's a really interesting experience, and that's probably pushed me forward more than anything mm-hmm. in the last five years.
0: Absolutely, I com- I completely relate to that. You know, I sometimes, you know, I create a lot more content than I probably need to do to fill my pipeline. Um, but I do that because I have to do what I ask other people to do you know and I have to do the full range whereas my clients can just pick the one yeah. core thing they want but we as digital marketers as content marketers we have to do everything because that's how we relate to every, every kind of client that comes along we are doing it yeah. now so we know what they're living through
1: I think everybody there, there's a I don't want to use the word hierarchy but you're a role model for a lot of people, Stephanie. I am aware, I oh, am a role so model sweet. for a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. but I also have role models and you have mm-hmm. role models and
0: yes, of course. everybody's
1: a role model for someone. It's that's important right. to acknowledge that. Um, but everybody's also learning and it's very important yeah. not to take that for granted. That's me and that's you. As soon as you think you've got it nailed, that's the point at which arrogance creeps in and you will stop growing.
0: Absolutely. And it's, 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 you have to keep growing because especially in the industry we're in, you know, anything digital is, if you don't keep moving forward, it's going to leave you behind because that's, that's unfortunately how it works. Um, Right. So I have one final question for you, which is a question that I ask uh, all our, all our guests. Uh, And that is of course content related because this is profitable content show. And basically we would like to know which is the one piece of content that you've created um, that has left an impact or got the most engagement, you know, something that stood out for you.
1: I think I have two answers to that question. So there's the sensible answer and then there's the funny answer. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: Um, The sensible answer is there's an article on my website. Oh, actually I have a better answer. I wrote a post on LinkedIn. um, about three years ago now, and its title was All My Competitors Are Assholes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was a really interesting, it was a reflection on um, the conversation we had earlier about being very, very, very competitive and coming out of that and suddenly looking around and realizing these are the people I probably have most in common with um, and I enjoy spending time with more than anyone else. But I spent 20 years avoiding them. Um, oh, and nice. that that LinkedIn post just went crazy all over the world. I had people that I'd never heard of commenting on this post. It just went nuts. And what it told me was people are really looking for. We spoke about the word authenticity before, yeah. Which I don't like because it, it suggests nobody wants to hear people whining about their problems. That's just bad social etiquette that's not authenticity
0: yeah. mm, i see what you mean but
1: people do want to hear about real honest experiences that have a little bit of emotional impact they want but but you have to be respectful of people's sensibilities which is why i don't like the more whiny side of authenticity okay. so the other the, uh-huh. the other thing that was a real surprise for me and it's often these things will come as a surprise you can't plan when something goes viral was there was a anyone in the UK will remember there was a big shortage of chicken in the UK and the KFCs (laughs) couldn't buy chicken anywhere and people were calling the police because they couldn't buy chicken at KFC and there was a, a tweet from the London Metropolitan Police saying would people please stop calling us about not being able to buy chicken at KFC, it's not our problem. <laughs> and I spotted this as soon as they posted it and replied with a tweet saying, if we were talking about donuts, it would be a very different story. <laughs> this is um, two years ago and that tweet is still getting likes and shares.
0: Oh it's my, crazy. okay. It
1: went insane.
0: Yeah, very often you can't control the ones that go go viral because it's, you know, like it's it's humor, it's, it's not even business related. I think I find that even, you know, the, the very famous marketers who are maybe Instagram experts or, or you know, you TikTok experts, you know, what goes viral is very often not the business stuff. It's stuff where they really, like you said before, brought their full selves and their real selves to, to the picture because they were not thinking about marketing. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, I,
1: th- <laughs> I think it, it comes down to, You need to be creating content, that's it. If you're not creating content, you're not gonna get lucky. Uh, It's like anything else. If you show up consistently, you have a very good chance that you might walk into the path of luck. If you don't show up, you're never going to get that opportunity.
0: Excellent, Wow, thank you so much for being with us, Bob, today. Um, I'm sure that our audience have got to know you a little bit better now and they're wondering where can we find Bob and does he have something for us? So where can we find you?
1: Well, you can find me on all the social medias. Just search at Bob Gentle if you like podcasts and if you're listening to this, you probably do. So <laughs> the sad thing is you can only listen to Stephanie's podcast once a week. So that leaves six other days available for me. Um, so if you like podcasts, mine is called the Digital Marketing Entrepreneur Show, where I interview some of the most amazing online business owners on the planet, and they tell me what makes their business work. And Stephanie's been on there uh, yes. twice, perhaps. <laughs> yes, I
0: have been twice. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, and yes, if people want to, be blunt, get on my mailing list, I'm very nice with my list I have a giveaway if anybody's in business this is quite a useful thing it's literally a brain dump of traffic and conversion prompts it's essentially a mind map so one side of the mind map is about 30 different things you can do to drive traffic and then on the other side about 30 different things you can do to try and boost your conversion rate Um, and you can have that for free I will give you the link Stephanie and if people want that they just need to scroll down to the show notes and it will be there for them.
0: Absolutely yes we'll make sure that that goes in the show notes uh, so that everyone can find the link and to read the show notes you can go to stephaniefittany.com slash podcast and you will find the more recent uh, you can also search uh, for Bob Gentle and you will be able to find this episode and click the link so thank you so much for being with us Bob And, well, I look forward to perhaps um, um, talking again uh, next time because, you know, this seems to be becoming a, a regular thing. I really, really love the value you gave us and thank you so much for joining
1: us. No, thank you. I had great fun, Stephanie.
0: Thank you for listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share it with friends and colleagues and anyone you think is going to find this useful. If you'd like to give me some feedback or a question, leave a review on iTunes or a comment on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Whatever you do, make sure you don't miss the next episode because we have more juicy content coming your way. See you in the next episode.